Hello, hello. This is Arctic Eric back at the kitchen table. Thanks for joining me here at the kitchen table and know that I appreciate you taking these few minutes to be together with me. I hope you're encouraged today through the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, to bring change to not only our thoughts, but a transformation in our lives. It's wonderful to know that He who began a good work in you through that amazing grace, He will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Speaking of Jesus, we can read in the Gospel of John where Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. That's John chapter 8, verse 12. I want to build on that just a little bit today. And the title of this message here today at the kitchen table is Living and Walking in the Light. Wherever you are, Whatever time it is and whatever you're doing, I say again and again, thanks for being here with me at the kitchen table. I want to turn now to a letter, 1 John. Are you ready? You've heard it. This, however, is a combination of several different translations to kind of expand the, the fullness and the richness of what is being spoken in the verses I'm going to read. Beginning at verse 5 in the first letter of John, chapter 1. And this is the message, the message of promise, which we have heard from him and now are reporting to you. God is light. He is holy. His message is truthful. He is perfect in righteousness. And in him... There is no darkness at all, no sin, no wickedness, no imperfection. If we say that we have and enjoy fellowship with him, when we live and move and are walking about in darkness, the darkness of sin, we lie. We are both speaking falsely and do not live and practice the truth, which is the presented in the gospel. But if we really are living and walking in the light as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another, he with us and we with him. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses, washes, removes from us all sin and guilt and it keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. If we say we have no sin, refusing to admit that we are sinners, we delude, we trick, we fool ourselves, and we are led astray. And the truth which the gospel presents is not in us. It doesn't dwell or live in our hearts. If we freely admit we have sinned and confess our sins, he's faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive us our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and continually cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything not in conformity to his will in purpose, thought, and action. 
If we say, if we claim we've not sinned, refusing to admit acts of sin, we contradict his word and we make him out to be false and a liar. And his word is not in us. The divine message of the gospel is not in our hearts. My little children, believers, dear ones, I write you these things so that you may not violate God's law and sin. But if anyone should sin, we have an advocate, one who will intercede for us with the Father. It is Jesus Christ, the all-righteous, upright, the just one, who conforms to the Father's will in every purpose, thought, and action. And he, that same Jesus himself, is the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours alone, but also for the sins of the world. I want to lift out two sets of verses. I want uh, to look at 7 and 2-1, and then look at 9 and the second part of that first verse. I want you to have a picture in your mind, if you would. Don't know if you've ever been to the circus. Uh, I would hope maybe you've seen it at least uh, on TV. But when you watch the high wire walkers, my, it's amazing. This wire high above the circus floor, spread very tightly between two supports, and then they walk across that wire. Incredible. And most of the time, they make it from one side to the other. You know, I'm thinking now that we're going to make it to the other side. But back to the picture. So, under this very tight wire is a net. It's a rather large net. It's not something that we focus on because our eyes are focused on the wire and the one who's walking on the wire. But the net is there. And as I said, it's large and it's deep. And in fact, from what I have read, it requires a certain skill to climb back out of those nets. So I want us to think here that verse 7 and the beginning of verse A represent that goal, that goal of walking with him, the one who is in the light, the one whose blood cleanses us. We're walking with him by grace through faith. It's marvelous. We're with him, and he is, he is, with us so that we will not be violating God's law and sin. No, he's with us because if we follow him, Jesus said, he's the light of the world, and if we follow him, we'll not walk in darkness, but we'll have that light. But there are that times, that those times when we take our eye off the ball, they say. We take our focus off of Jesus, and we stumble on that high wire. And we fall into verse 9, and we fall into the second part of verse 1. What do I mean? Well, when we trip, when we stumble, when we fall, and we land in that net, 
that net looks like this. If we freely admit we've sinned and confess our sins, he's faithful and just. He's true to his own nature and promises. He will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawliness, lawlessness, listen now, and continually cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything that's not in conformity to his will and purpose, thought, and action. And we read in the second part of verse 1, it says, But if anyone should sin, we have an advocate. Glory be to God. We have an advocate, Jesus Christ, who is the one who will intercede for us with the Father. It's Jesus Christ, the righteous, the upright, the just one, who conforms to the Father's will in every purpose, thought, and action. So we need to set a God goal. We need to set a high goal. Too many people are living and, and actually trapped in the net of confessing sin without enjoying the walk, the journey with Jesus up on the wire, the wire that is narrow, the wire that comes from following him, the one who lives in us and the one we live in. But falling into the net requires that we understand Number one, we want to get out of the net. We don't want to turn the net into a hammock. And so many people have turned that safety net into a hammock. It's where they're resting all the time. Thinking about sin and asking for forgiveness for the same things time and time and time again. But what God wants to do when we trip, when we stumble, when we fall, when we miss the mark and fall into that safety net, he wants us to quickly confess our sins, knowing that he will wash us. And when we're washed, we are restored. We are put back in that place of perfect fellowship on that high wire, that narrow way with Jesus. Oh my, I can see that I'm running out of time. I'm just hoping that today, if you're stuck in, in that mentality that I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, but I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. Well, yeah, you're a sinner and you're forgiven. But the moment you're forgiven, it's not about being a sinner. It's about getting back on the wire as a saint, as a child of God and following him. He's the light. We follow him, and when we're following him, we'll not walk in darkness, but we'll have that light in us, Christ himself. And as we walk, listen now, get this picture, as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, his blood cleanses us continually. Wow, continually cleanse so that we don't have to focus on sin. We can focus on the Lamb, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and our world. Okay, I can see my time is gone. Again, as always, I thank you for being here with me at the kitchen table. It has been a joy for me, and I hope it has been good for you. May the Lord bless you today. That's my hope, and that's my prayer, and that's my expectation in God. Good day.